stream that for those of you online. Uh, speaking of those online, if you're joining us by way of YouTube or Facebook, we would encourage you to go directly to the website at jdfarag.org. There you will find the uncensored, uninterrupted entirety of today's update. So with that, we'll get started. For today's update, I want to talk with you about both the reality and proximity of eternity biblically and prophetically. And this because the fulfillment of Bible prophecy is as real as it is near, such that it's really going to happen. And it's really going to happen very soon. Soon and very soon. Man, I. Thanks a lot, Capono. I'm ruined for the rest of the day. <laughs> but it's a good thing. <laughs> As one said, I'm, I'm ruined for Jesus. I'll take it. Ruin me, Lord. What a song. I love that song. Well, I want to begin with two passages, the first of which we looked at last week. And the second will actually, Lord willing, study next week, both of which are in Peter's epistles. Let's start with 2 Peter, the third chapter, beginning in verse 3. The Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is writing and says, first of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires they will say, where is this coming He promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But, verse 5, and this is interesting, they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's Word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. That really happened. I hope you don't get tired of me saying that really happened, because I'm going to be saying that really happened a lot today. By these waters, verse 6, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, verse 7, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. That will really happen. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Not for us, by the way, the Apostle Paul writing to the Thessalonians. It's not going to be as a thief in the night for us, but for them. The heavens will disappear with a roar. That's going to happen. 
the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. That's really going to happen. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. That's really going to happen. First Peter chapter 4. Now again, second service, we're in chapter 4, the first six verses. Lord willing, next week we'll pick it up in verse 7. Seven words in verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, verse 11, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay. The reason I wanted to start out this way is because the Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, sums up the reality and as such the urgency of the end. Everything that Peter is inspired to write connects what really happened in the past with what will absolutely happen in the end. It will happen. Not only will it really happen, we can even know how close it is to when it will really happen. Spoiler alert, <laughs> soon it. <laughs> See what you did, Capono? I'm telling you. The preponderance of the evidence, both historically and prophetically, that we are the last generation at the end of time is overwhelming. Question, how do you know? How is it, why is it that this generation at this time in human history is the last generation 
at the time of the end? Answer, one need look no further than to God's Word in concert with what's happening in this world to conclude that the end is not only near, the end is here. Perhaps the most compelling evidence of all that this is the final generation on the cusp of eternity is found in the Gospel of Mark. It's actually in the Synoptic Gospels, but I want to read Mark 13, beginning in verse 28. Jesus is speaking. He says, Now learn this parable from the fig tree, when its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves. You know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. You know what he's saying here? <laughs> he's saying a day is coming where there will be this final generation, and that generation will be the final generation that witnesses the rebirth of the Jewish nation, which was fulfilled on the 14th of May, 1948, that generation. I mean, we could close in prayer right now. We won't. Don't, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> so I want to take it further. What follows is further evidence proving beyond any doubt, not just a shadow of a doubt, but beyond any doubt, not reasonable doubt, no, any doubt, the reality and proximity of this generation being on the cusp of eternity. It's going to happen. It's really going to happen. I'll summarize the evidence with three exhibits, if you will. I hope you don't mind the judicial verbiage here, but Exhibit A, counterfeit destruction. Exhibit B, controlled opposition. Exhibit C, confusing distraction. This is the evidence that I would like to present. And I'll start with counterfeit destruction. I chose to word it this way by virtue of how the counterfeit authenticates and validates the genuine, by way of an example. This is the reason there are counterfeit $100 bills. Why? Because there's the authentic and genuine $100 bill. This is also why it is, by the way, 
that there are counterfeit Christs, not counterfeit Buddhas or counterfeit Muhammads. No, the counterfeit authenticates and validates the genuine, the genuine article. Now here's the problem. Satan is the master counterfeiter who knows his time is short, which is why in these last days, really the last hour, he's revving up his efforts of destroying vis-a-vis -vis counterfeiting. Let me explain. Satan does not create. He cannot. Rather, he only destroys what God has created. Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10 said, He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what does He want to destroy? He wants to destroy anything that God created. He hates God. He hates God's creation. He seeks to destroy man created in the image of God, and he seeks to destroy creation, which is groaning for God. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. This is God's creation. God created the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. All for His glory, by the way. One way that Satan has been met with stunning success is in his attempts to destroy the authentic with the synthetic, man-made, geoengineered, weather-manipulated poisoning of the earth and God's creation on the earth. It's for this reason that we refer often to Dane Wigington and geoengineeringwatch.org. I'm going to show you several screenshots. I want to draw your attention to them as I share some quotes from his Saturday, October 15th broadcast, which he refers to as the bad news broadcast. Yesterday's broadcast he referred to as the end of the world broadcast. I like this guy. As I share these screenshots, these pictures, and quote him, I want to draw your attention to the photos of the skies. And this is no pun intended, they are breathtaking, breathtaking. Also, I would encourage you to look up to the sky, for those of you online, wherever you are in your own area. And if you wish, you can send them to us via email. I've got several pictures on my phone that I've taken here windward side, by the way. Uh, this for two reasons. 
The first of which is to see for yourself that they're spraying the skies, which in turn can lead to an understanding of why they're spraying the skies. That's the first reason. Here's the second reason. Luke 21, 28, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, along with all of the verses in all of the Bible. Jesus said that when we see things like this begin to come to pass, look up and lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption draws nigh. Here are some chilling quotes. If we remain in the current course, no one will see 2030. That is a mathematical and statistical near certainty on the current trajectory. When we lose the plankton, when we lose the forests, we lose the insects, we lose wildlife populations, and we lose the ozone layer, and all of this is happening all at once, all of it on the current trajectory bottoming out about mid-decade. How can humans survive without habitat? They can't. And none of this takes into account, listen to this, the nuclear part of the equation. The severity of what's unfolding would indicate we face zero hour for no functional wildlife populations in 2026. As the dominoes fall, they get bigger and bigger and fall faster and faster. This report just published a headline of total disinformation, which we're going to talk about shortly, is from CNBC. White House is pushing ahead research to cool Earth by reflecting back sunlight. Hmm, how are they going to do that? The report says, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy is coordinating a five-year research plan to study ways of modifying the amount of sunlight that reaches the Earth in order to temporarily temper the effects of global warming. Yes, damaging the ozone is bad, acid deposition is bad, respiratory illness is bad. That's word for word from the report. But this is spraying particles, nanoparticles, out of jet aircraft for the stated purpose of temporarily and toxically cooling down the surface. Geoengineering operations have been fully deployed for over 75 years. The result? Catastrophe, with looming planetary on the side on the near-term horizon. The so-called 
climate science community. This is all coming from the world's leading scientists. The same scientists that categorically deny the climate engineering atrocities in our skies that are the single most destructive human activity ever launched by the human race, and they have yet to acknowledge it. Uh, this is actually a prophecy in Revelation chapter 11, verse 18. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come, and the time of the dead that they should be judged. That's really going to happen. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. That's pretty specific. Wait a minute. You're, you're telling me that during the seven-year tribulation that they're going to destroy the earth, and God will have the final word and destroy those who destroy the earth? No, I'm not saying that. God's word is saying that. That was kind of snarky a little bit, wasn't it? Sorry. Uh, one more thing on this before we move on. Let's take and tackle this why question. Why? You'll forgive what might seem like an oversimplification, but a reduced population is a controlled population. It is infinitely easier to control a population once you've reduced said population. And then you control the food and water supply of that population by destroying the earth to grow the food. We've talked about it before. It bears repeating again in the context of what we're talking about today. You can search for yourself. They are burning to the ground food warehouses all over the world. burning them to the ground. It's not only really going to happen, it's already really happening. Okay. Exhibit B. How, how you doing? Oh, wow, you guys, I love you so much. I know there are many that have expressed how they just don't like the prophecy updates. I understand. If you only knew how much I don't like them either. <laughs> There's a dread, a holy dread. Exhibit B, controlled opposition. Controlled opposition is defined as follows. A strategy in which an individual organization or movement is covertly 
controlled or influenced by a third party and the controlled entity's true purpose is something other than its publicly stated purpose. The controlled entity serves a role of mass deception, surveillance, and or political social manipulation. In most cases, the control party is portrayed as being in opposition to the interests of the controlling party. It was Vladimir Lenin who explained it best, quote, the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. This meme says it all. It ties together controlled opposition to what's known as the Hegelian dialectic problem, reaction, solution, which is, quote, a framework for guiding thoughts and actions into conflicts that lead to, keyword, synthetic solutions which can only be introduced once those being manipulated take a side that will advance the predetermined agenda. All that explains everything. No wonder. It's us against them, them against us. Pick a side. I'm not going to pick either side. How about that? I've got to watch my blood pressure, I think, maybe. Enter this Hugo Talks video, appropriately titled, Turbocharge Your Discernment. Listen to what he had to say. Controlled opposition is obvious. This is the problem, the Hegelian dialectic. The amount of people who are part of the system, pretending to be on the side of the people, are everywhere. And they cover every angle. They're all working with one another to lead the people somewhere, sometimes deliberately leading you the wrong way to waste your time. We're going to talk about that. You have the mainstream media, which is the first net in order to catch people and influence them with their propaganda. Then, of course, they create a second net, by the way, <laughs> the web, the net. Hmm. I'll leave it right there. Things that make you go, hmm. A second net to catch those that see through the first net and bypass it. This one is part of the second net. No, no, no. Don't fall for that one. You need to turbocharge your discernment. The problem is, is that especially Christians, we are so gullible. Here's a follow-up video that I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to also include the link to and quote. 
with Kanye West, we have someone who I think is a complete puppet of the establishment who they have been molding and changing over the last few years. I mean, I personally think he's pretending to be a Christian. I mean, come on. He did a Sunday church service gig with Satanist Marilyn Manson on Halloween. So I think they've changed this well-known black celebrity, given him this new image of being a Christian, who then puts out these anti-Jewish messages on Twitter, gets banned, and then buys a social media app. I see a psyop here. I can see how this maybe could be used as part of the anti-Christian agenda, which I've mentioned before. At the moment, we have a celebrity who has suddenly turned Christian recently, who could then be told to act crazy, unstable, for example, say like similar to, and I want you to listen very carefully to this quote, similar to the Alex Jones playbook. You know, have the guy act crazy, tell maybe 60% truth, which then discredits anyone else who holds the same views despite them being factual. Oh, I get it now. Wow. And that really makes sense. Let's package up. Isn't that just like Satan? How insidious. Okay, maybe that's too much. Let's just, let's just package the deception and we'll, we'll wrap it up in uh, wrapping paper of truth. Just a little itsy bitsy bit of truth. And then when you do that, you throw the proverbial baby of truth out with the bathwater of these puppets this controlled opposition. He continues. This is interesting. Looking around the popular Christian YouTube channels the other day, I started noticing how many of these channels, specifically the American ones, he's in the UK, seem to link with one another. They're all appearing on each other's shows all doing podcasts with one another, creating that circle of cross-promotion that I mentioned before. And when I looked into some more, I found a number of them were connected to many of the New Age doctors and characters from the MAGA Reawaken America tour. That's a deception. You may not want to hear it. It is a new age of Aquarius, new age awakening. It has its roots in Gnosticism, and it is demonic. And I'm speaking to you the truth, and don't take my word for it. You search the Scriptures yourself. 
and see if what I'm saying is true. This is a deception. In addition to the counterfeit destruction, how you doing okay still? Should we bow our heads, close our eyes? You can slip out. We won't uh, stop you in the parking lot. In addition to the counterfeit destruction and the controlled opposition, we have the insidiousness of confusing distraction, Exhibit C. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to expound more specifically on this. But in order to do that, we'll go ahead at this time and end the YouTube and Facebook live stream. So over the last year, maybe as recent as the last six months, I've been pondering and questioning the seismic shift in and even conspicuous absence of the COVID narrative. It almost seemed like it was overnight that all of a sudden it didn't rise to the level of needing the wall-to-wall -wall propaganda coverage that it had prior. Conspicuously absent from that news channel, which I haven't seen in months now, thank you, Jesus, our numbers, you know, red zones, cases, gone. It's like, whoa, what happened? I mean, oh no, we're not talking about that anymore. We, we, we want you to look over here. Where? Over here. What? Uh, the result has been this global distraction, which subsequently led to much in the way of global confusion. <laughs> And we know who the author of confusion is, right? We'll talk about that more in a moment. This video by really graceful titled, Have You Forgotten 2020? <laughs> Seems to echo these sentiments. And I want to just share some of what she had to say. Do you all remember when the most effective psychological operation in modern history occurred in tandem with the controlled demolition of our economy? Well, it seems like many have forgotten, because we just moved on as a society, like nothing ever happened. Do you remember in response to two weeks to slow the spread? They closed down the beaches and the gyms. They locked the gates to the park, strung caution tape across playgrounds, then began to find violators for trying to access beaches and trails to exercise and to get fresh air. Do you remember that 
while the government closed down outdoor spaces, mandated small businesses to close, and canceled church sermons, the government allowed Walmart's doors to stay wide open, and Amazon's factories were busy as ever. Do you remember when they convinced people that letting their loved ones die alone was better than possibly exposing them to COVID. Do you remember the madness, this whole phenomenon that led to images of grandkids hugging grandma through plastic? And even worse, the filling of latex gloves with warm water tying them off like water balloons and placing the gloves on each hand of a dying patient in the hospital, which was supposed to mimic the holding the hand of a loved one, you know, so they felt warmth and comfort as they were dying alone because the government mandated it. The big elephant in the room was, however, the high rates of mortality for ventilator patients. So if patients were put on a ventilator, there was financial incentive. Well, that's quite an insidious thing, isn't it? This is really ugly of me to say, but I'm surprised doctors and nurses had the time to put anyone on a ventilator between learning and filming all those viral TikTok dances, which emerged during this time after reports that hospitals were just so overwhelmed. Did anyone else get the vibe that they were doing some kind of a ritual dance to wake up a demon? I mean, I laugh, but I'm not joking. Do you remember when they made pregnant women give birth totally alone in the hospital without their husbands or support person, then threatened to quarantine their babies if mom tested positive for COVID? Do you remember when they encouraged neighbors to snitch on other neighbors? My list of all the crazy things that happened in 2020 that I can remember, of course, only got weirder in 2021 with states holding lotteries for people to take the vaccine. Krispy Kreme offering free donuts to the vaccinated. Listen, I love Krispy Kreme. Not that much. <laughs> Just saying. And people losing their jobs, their livelihood over refusing to get this vaccine. But I think we can all agree that 2021 is a topic for another day. What really got me thinking about 2020 is how everyone just totally moved on. We've just totally moved on to World War III now. And I don't understand how or why this happened. I mean, on a surface level, I do, because 
people are easily distracted and easily emotionally manipulated. But I want to know, have you? Have you moved on? Have you forgotten? Well, I'll speak for myself. I have not forgotten, nor will I ever move on. And here's why. This is Bible prophecy. What do you mean? This is prophesied demonic deception, destruction, opposition, distraction, and confusion. And it's evidence of how very, very close we are to that trumpet sounding, and the dead in Christ rising first, and we who were alive and remain being caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and forever being with the Lord. We have to talk about this just a little bit more. Just bear with me, okay? I have to bear with myself. <laughs> I take me home with me after all of this, you know. And pray for my wife too. Bless her heart, that poor woman. Okay. Yes, Satan is the author of confusion and the father of lies. But God is the author and finisher of my faith, and in Him and Him alone will I put my trust. But pastor, I mean, it's getting really bad, I know. But that can be a good thing. How? Well, think about this. Isn't it when we're so gaslighted and confused and don't know who to trust or who to believe anymore? Isn't it then when we go to the one whom we can trust in and believe? the God of the Word and the Word of God. A while back I happened upon this quote from 1981 by CIA Director William Casey, which seems to explain the aforementioned counterfeit destruction, controlled opposition with its disinformation and misinformation propaganda, and the confusing distraction that has ensued. Here's that quote. You see it there on the screen. We'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. <laughs> okay. I think we're there. And this was 1981. 
One of the reasons I even bring these things to your attention in these prophecy updates is because of Ephesians 5.11. It says, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. See, here's how it works. You expose the darkness, the evil, and it serves as the catalyst to bring you to the good, to the Good Shepherd. When you realize that this world has no hope, the Emperor has no clothes, what are you going to do? Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to turn to? As of late, the Lord has burdened my heart. I've shared my heart with you in this regard concerning the purpose of these updates, being that of getting Jesus to people and people to Jesus. And before the Lord, I inquire of the Lord, how does this update that I'm preparing for Sunday bring the lost to Jesus and the saved closer to Jesus? And unless and until I'm able to answer that question, I don't complete the update. So what is the answer to that question? I'm going to just simply and humbly answer it this way. In a day when everything is believed to be false, and it is, it should be that which brings us and gets us to the truth. And we know who that is. Jesus. John 14, 6. I am the way and the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. And He's our only way out of this. He's our only hope. Well, this brings me full circle to how we began related to the evidence. Strong word, right? Proving beyond any doubt, that's even stronger, the reality and proximity of eternity. Well, first, the evidence environmentally proves, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, 22, no flesh would survive in the last days. Speaking of Israel and the seven-year tribulation, were those days not shortened, cut short. Nobody would be able to survive on the earth. Well, that day is today. By the way, when I quote someone like a Dane Wigington that makes a statement like, we won't see 2030. That's not hyperbole. 
That's statistically proven with factual forensic evidence, soil samples taken. And in those soil samples, you know what they find? Aluminum, barium, how about this, graphene. Oh, and the list just is seemingly endless. Do you know what that does to the human body, the human brain? Every system, the digestive system, the nervous system, the cardiovascular system. And it's documented. It's factual. And when you destroy life on the earth that is necessary for the sustenance of human life on the earth, it's game over. And when he uses words like trajectory, I happen to be very fond of that word. If you haven't noticed over the years, I've used that word quite often, maybe too often. But on the current trajectory, prophetically, 2030? Let's see, 2030 minus 7 is 2023. Oh, be careful, Pastor. No, I'm not going to be careful. We're there. We're there. You know, I, I, again, I'm just from the heart, man. <laughs> I cringe when I hear fellow pastors talking about, what, what kind of world are we going to leave to the next generation? I'm thinking, <laughs> what? That's, that's the wrong question. We're not going to leave any world to the next generation, because we're the last generation that's going to leave the world. Well, pastor, why are you so dogmatic about it? Listen, again, I, I just would, I, I'm going to very humbly, very lovingly just ask you, 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 you can research all of this yourself. Everything that God said would happen at the time of the end, it's really happening. And it's really happening now. It's already happening. Things that we're told will be fulfilled ultimately during the seven-year tribulation, and the rapture is before the seven-year tribulation, and it's already beginning to happen now before the tribulation. How close are we to the tribulation? Soon and very soon. <laughs> So we have the evidence. Second, the controlled opposition resulting in the confusing distraction is proof of how the last day's deception is already at work. This is exactly with specificity what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, the second chapter of his second epistle. Actually, maybe just let me kind of set the stage, if I can say it like that, for lack of a better way of saying it. 
Second Thessalonians 2 is a very powerful prophetic passage. I would argue even one of the most profound passages prophetically in all of the pages of Holy Writ. And it starts right out of the chute, because we're told by the Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that the rapture has to happen first, verse 3. Then the Antichrist can be revealed. And then he goes on to describe the Antichrist, this man of perdition. He's lawless. And he says this lawlessness of the Antichrist is already at work. It's already in play. It's already happening. And when you get to verse 9, he says, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of, get this word, counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. I mean replete throughout Scripture. We find prophecies like this here in Second Thessalonians, all of which the common denominator is a description, sometimes in great detail prophetically, of what the world is going to look like at the time of the end. And if deception is going to be one of the characteristics of what the world is going to look like at the time of the end, I don't know what else to tell you. This is the end. And I'll say it one more time, it's really going to happen. I will confess that even for me sometimes, as a student and teacher of Bible prophecy, I have to reconnect with the reality of what I'm teaching and studying. Let me uh, maybe explain that just a little bit more. I mean, I, I know the prophecies very well. I've been studying prophecy and a student of prophecy for well nigh 40 years now, starting in the 80s. I've always had a love and an interest in Bible prophecy. And over the years, there's this tendency, and I'm confessing this, <laughs> there's this tendency to give way to a disconnect. And by disconnect, I mean, I'm, I'm reading these prophecies, and the disconnect comes in when I, I see them as yet future afar off. And it's like the Holy Spirit just has to get my attention and say, uh, excuse me, JD, uh, this is really going to happen. No, think about this. We, we, we're so excited for the rapture. 
It's going to happen. It's really going to happen. It's really, 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 I know this is deeply profound in terms of my expanded vocabulary, but it's really, 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 really going to happen. And it's going to happen very fast in the twinkling of an eye. Not a blink, the twinkling of an eye. It's really going to happen. All of this, this judgment that I just got done reading from Peter and out of the book of Revelation from the Apostle John, it's really going to happen. And I, I wonder sometimes, do we, do we really believe that? <laughs> it's really going to happen. Because see, we're just going to go off into our day and the rest of our weekend. We'll start off the week tomorrow morning, Lord willing. <laughs> and we just go about our lives. This is going to happen. It's really going to happen. And it's really going to happen very soon. This is the purpose of the updates. We still have time to get as many people to Jesus, and Jesus to as many people as we possibly can. That's why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation, found in the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. And also just a simple childlike explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. Well, what is the gospel? The word gospel actually means good news. Your debt has been paid. Your penalty satisfied. You're free to go. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. Wait, what debt? What payment? Oh, the death penalty has been satisfied. Good news. You're free to go. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Well, who did that? Jesus. How did He do that? Well, He came and He was crucified and He was buried and He rose again on the third day and He's coming back again soon. <laughs> okay, last, last time on that one. I'll be doing it all day, but that's the good news. The ABCs, just a, a way, not a formula. Please don't make it a formula. Just a simple way to explain to someone the gospel, the good news. Should the Lord ever grant you that profound privilege of being able to share Jesus with someone? It starts with this acknowledging and admitting that you've sinned, that you're a sinner. Otherwise, why would you be interested in a Savior? The average person you talk to thinks they're a good person. They've never murdered anybody. And that's what's going to grant them access into heaven. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell, a lot of very, very bad people in heaven. I'll be at the front of that line, and you won't be that far behind me. So <laughs> Romans 3.10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned, all, and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners. 
which is why we must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. Well, how does that work? Romans 6.23 explains it. The wages of sin is death. That's the penalty, the death penalty that we've all been sentenced to. That's the bad news. What's the good news? Oh, the good news is that the gift of God, gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B, and this is so central. It's for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then lastly, the C. It comes from the B. It's an expression of the B. It's a calling upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that simple. I implore you, I plead with you, if you're here today or watching online, your only hope is Jesus. It's not an election. It's not the economy. Your only hope is Jesus. He's your only way out of this world, this dying, evil world. Well, today's But God testimony we'll end with. It comes from Danny Kloss, who writes, But God story. In September 2021, my team and I's positions were eliminated because of a major account moving to a competitor. I knew quickly it was a blessing in disguise because we were all given six months severance and the company implemented a COVID vaccine mandate beginning October 2021. I was the only team member unvaccinated. While I was able to enjoy some time off for the rest of 2021, I landed a temp consulting job in 2022 for a few months, but then was left unemployed again. The last few months have certainly been a test of faith, as I interviewed for a position July 22nd and received an offer. But this is interesting. The Holy Spirit moved me to decline the position, less pay and benefits. Well, as only God can maneuver things. My previous company had another position open up. 
similar to my previous position. The only caveat was still the vaccine mandate. However, based on feedback from colleagues, I submitted a religious exemption and was approved. In addition, my job offer was 12% more than my previous salary. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Danny. Yeah? Come on up. <laughs> I love it when God does that. Why don't you stand up? We'll close in prayer and, and song. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think of um, that uh, quote, you know, sometimes we're waiting for God to open up a door and, and God's going, well, what if I don't want to use a door this time? What if I want to come in through a window? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. The ways of God and the wise of God, who knows the mind of the Lord? Last Thursday in Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, there's not, Lord. <laughs> Lord, thank You so much. Lord, thank You for Bible prophecy. I mean, how else would we know how close we are to Your return were it not for Bible prophecy? How else would we know that Your return was so near unless You had recorded for us in Scripture these prophecies about what the world's going to look like at the time of the end. And it's exactly like that, which means that it's the time of the end. So Lord, I mean, come. And if any of us are still holding out hope for this sh sinking ship called the Titanic of this world, Lord, I pray that you'll just pry our fingers off of the tight grip that we have, that we would let go so we're ready to go when that trumpet sounds. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. darkness.
Bless you folks.